guys, my name is Galit Friedlander. I've worn many hats in the dance world over the last 15 plus years and have created Dance Speak as a platform for people in the dance industry to share their stories and blueprints for success. So listen up and get ready to be inspired, learn something new, and get personal with the people behind the movements you love. A lot of people don't know, like I came in the game in 96 and then I moved to LA in 2005 and got my break in 2006. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. To knowing each other for a really long time. Oh my God. Almost, what, 13 years? More, it has to be more. I swear, I probably was 14, in, 15. I met you in 03? Probably. 14 years. Oh my God. Oh my God, I still get like nervous every time. You do. <laughs> I get nervous every time. I mean, um, you enjoy doing it. Yeah. If you don't get nervous when you do it, that means there's no fear in your success. As I tell mm. people. Success has a fear factor. Wow. No one ever tells you that. I'm always like, I've just taken it that I'm like a nervous person. Success definitely has a fear factor. Because if you didn't fear anything, you wouldn't push. If you don't push, then you have no drive. I like that. And I feel <laughs> it's like everyone is always like, be confident, be this, be that. And I'm yeah, you can be confident, but you also, there's com you have to be confidently fear, mm. fearful and fearless. Like you have to, like a lot of people be like, oh, what one thing you're afraid of? I'm afraid of dying. Why? It's a process. It's a process of rebirth. It's a process of regrowth. Something has to die to to regenerate and to to grow again. Like, I really like that. <laughs> like, you don't physically have to die, but you have to, something, something has to be dead for something else to grow. Wow. Within yourself, too. Like, something always gets put to rest. You can't stay at the same place always. Like, you don't want to die and start again and just keep dying in the same spot. You have to, you have to figure it out. So, that's what, you know, and we were like, are you scared this was going to happen? I was like, yeah. Yeah. Like, and if you don't accept that, then it's not, you, you will never find the push. If you're comfortable and you're confident about it, yeah, you'll, there's some people that work that way, but they do fear that it's not going to happen. You can't build a confidence without having the fear. That's true. That's real confidence. <laughs> and that's why I'm that's like, true. I'm confident about what I do, but I'm also like, I've accepted it. It may or may not work out. Mm -hmm. If you can accept that, then you can, you, you, that means you understand all possibilities. So. I like that. There's yeah. like a theme whenever something is like game changing for me or just really rewarding. It feels like almost like being on stage and having to wing it a little bit. And that's like the best things come out of that. This year, I'm taking drumming classes bass classes and piano classes. That's amazing. All this year, I'm getting back involved in music because I'm starting to produce more. I'm starting to DJ more. I want to understand. I want to get back into understanding the keys and the scales and chords and all that so it can just open up my dynamics of being a, produ a producer even more. And I'm around so many band members and I'm like, yeah. you know what? Let me just start utilizing them to my... Yo, you want to teach me how to play drums? Cool. Like, I'm serious. Even if I have to pay you, I'll pay you. Like, mm -hmm. I'm really ready to learn because I also want to be able to teach my son mm. like if I pay for it now then I don't have to pay for it later because mm -hmm. I know and I can teach him as far as to what I know and then he can go from there and I want to teach him enough for him to understand the open perspective of his creativity like 
you don't have to learn it. You don't have to. You have to know this, but you don't have to stay structured here. Mm-hmm. Where would you go from here as an artist, as yourself? And let him do that. I never, I said, I never want to be able to go be called on to do a track and not get behind the shit myself and not know it. Like, mm-hmm. when I get in the studio, I'll be like, yo, can you do this? I'll be like, yes, I'm able to go in the studio and do it. Remix, yes. I now want to be able to walk in the studio and be like, yeah, but I need the track to be like. Yeah. And then I need keys to be over here like. Dun, 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 dun. And then the guitar be like. To a scale of where I can get, instead of just talking about it now, no, I can do it. Yeah. And maybe like, I really want to be my own Sammy Davis Jr. That's, that's me. I'm like, I want to be the Sammy Davis Jr. of me. And he did everything. Mm-hmm. Like, so, yeah. So <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So, let's so which, which titles? I don't even know how I'm fucked now. Cause well, everybody addresses me as Adrian, DJ Dubs, Wilshire. W-I-L-T-S-H-I-R-E. You know me as Adrian. Mm-hmm. Always Adrian is the choreographer. I'll tell you where DJ Dubs comes from. Yeah, tell me. Because it came from my amount boy's name, A Dub. Mm-hmm. A Dub being the A in my first name, Adrian. Dubs being the W for my last name, Mosha. I never knew that. That's where A Dubs comes from. And then what are the different titles? I almost want to have you introduce yourself. What are the different <laughs> titles that you uh, have? So basically, that's. And then DJ Dubs, of course, so it's, you know, it's pretty self-explanatory. DJ Dubs. <laughs> Not Z's anymore. I got rid of all the Z's and what? the B's. Uh, it was just so exciting. I had six B's because my, my lucky numbers were six. That's know? a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. B, 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 Z. I used to be like, yo, it's Dubs with six B's. They were like, what? <laughs> I was like, it's just Dubs. I'm DJ Dubs. Um, it's crazy for me to tell you what I do now because... Um, I've summed it up to I'm just a creative producer. Mm-hmm. That's something. What does a creative producer do? Well, one, I'm a choreographer. I'm a creative director. I'm a DJ. I'm a producer. An artist developer. All in one. So at the end of the day, that's all forms of creative production. So that's my crazy. title is and a chef. creative producer and a chef, <laughs> which is also a form of creative production. It is. It's just in a different a different uh, atmosphere to the kitchen mm-hmm. so you know when people have 10 million titles they're like what do you do I'll be like I'm a creative producer oh what do you do well I work on music or so now I just say I'm a creative producer because you you really do things masterfully though because you know how the people have like 20 like hyphens no but you do like you really do like you know I what I mean I have a common goal I force my I give perfect example when I became a DJ how I did it was I said, I'm only going to be a DJ if I put the same energy I did into it as a dancer mm-hmm. before I came a choreographer. So I didn't expect to get results so quickly as a DJ. I'm blessed and I'm thankful that I did. Because I know it took me damn near 10 to 20 years to be established as a dancer and a choreographer. Like I came into the game, um, I started dancing when I was three, but I, I started it became, I monopolized off of it in 96. I got into the business in 96. And then moved to LA till the end of 2005. I was already doing jobs in New York as a dancer, but 
not to the extent that I should have been when mm. I got to LA I booked more jobs than I ever did in one year in my entire 10 years prior is it because there was more work in LA there was more work in LA but then it was because of the the name that and the legacy that I built as a dancer with the About Boys mm-hmm. and who we came we came as a dynamic crew together I remember watching that. I, by the way, I've been so inspired, seriously, um, by you and Amount Boys, and then you and Anthony and Boogie. Um, mm-hmm. Like watching it, I mean, watching you guys since I was like a teenager, because I knew whatever I do, I want to. I was first inspired by P Diddy, who was Puffy back in the day. It's crazy because that's who we were inspired by. That's crazy. We wanted to be the in high school. We wanted to be the bad boys. Mm-hmm. Like we wanted to be the bad boy label of LaGuardia High School, mm-hmm. and that's why we started a Mountain Entertainment Company. We were like, he was like, I was like, I'm Harv Pierre. He's Diddy. He's Diddy. I'm Mace. You know, that was our thing in high school. That's why we put the first entertainment company together in LaGuardia High School. We had all the best singers, all the best rappers, all the best female dancers, male dancers, solo artists, break dancers, producers, lighting. We held it down. That's so So that was kind of like our inspiration. Like, we wanted to be bad boy. They had total the three girl group. We were amount the three male group. They sung. We danced. That's kind of how amount came about, too. Wait, so how did the mouth come about? I'll let, you know, I'll wait till you interview uh, Ant <laughs> for the really? podcast for him to see. Okay. So, reference Ant really for okay. the answers of how Mouth Boys came about. Okay. But I just gave you the prequel of it. Uh, I love it. It started as a parody, literally, with the group oh. Total. They were a three-girl group that sang. I remember them. And the parody of that, like the Weird Al Yankovic would have been a three-male group that danced. And what's the opposite of Toto? And we were like, we should be calling Mel. Man. <laughs> I'm so mad. I'm so Everything mad. Everything in our group that starts as a joke, four C's. Why do you think that is? I used to be because we don't take anything serious. We don't take it serious, but we do. Like, if it, we also looked at it as if you have fun with, in life or what you do already, then it will turn out the way it's supposed to be. Like... Yeah. We were kids. We didn't want to be too hard on ourselves. We were hard on ourselves in what we did, but then how it came about. Like, I booked so many auditions going when I moved out here. I literally was like, I don't know why I'm going to this audition. Daniel Powder, uh, Powder went to this audition. I did the dumbest freestyle in the world. Like, I was there, like, I hopped, jumped, sat on the floor, put my feet up, drove a car. <laughs> I was literally doing this. I had a call back. I was like, <laughs> You gotta be shitting me. I got a call back for doing every, I, I never, like, we would go kill auditions. We'd be like, yo, we so killed that. I get a call back. Like, what was like, I remember we moved out here. Killed the Justin audition. This is when Like I Love You came out. Like, I literally went off my freestyle. Literally did a double tour, took my jersey off in the air, split, got up and caught it. Like, Marty has that on tape. To this day, he was like, I will never forget that. And I was like, in my head, I was like, I will never forget you didn't book me. <laughs> like, you didn't book me and Ed. We were like fresh out. We came to this day. Everybody was like, y'all murdered that audition. And I, when I saw it, I was like, I get it. They hired like Eddie and, the, and like um, 
Dante Corday, they had all the tall guys. So I was like, I could have been a little guy on the speaker box. Dante Seven. <laughs> I mean, Dante Seven, not Corday. Uh -huh. <laughs> but yeah, I remember auditioning for, we came for Gwen, was it Gwen Stefani with Showtime at the time? And we went off and I was like, you know what? I mean, I was like, you know what? We just gonna bullshit when we go to auditions from now on. We can do it the fuck, we will not have fun. I'm not stressing myself out about understanding. Ever since I did that, I booked every job I had. A shoe carnival commercial. I went in there, did a backflip, split like I was a cheerleader, got up. Directors called me back like, so we're direct booking. It was like. Cause I, and at that point I was like, you know what, I'm talented enough where they can see, they can see the talent through my playful attitude. And that was it. Mm. I was like, yeah, I figured, I, I found the formula then. Being on the other side of the table now, do you have different insights for dancers? Like when they're like killing it and giving blood, why maybe they're um, not booking? I do have advice for them. It's, it's weird because there's a shortage of real dynamic dancers now. Mm -hmm. And can you define what you mean by real dynamic? They are, the dancers now are so much less reserved. They have no choreography discipline. Mm. So being on the other side, as I'll show, especially the fellas, there's a shortage on dynamic male dancers. And every audition I have that has male dancers, other than the guys that I use regularly, I would never, I, sometimes I'm, I'm hurting to pick the guys in the audition because they're dancing to kill it, but they lose all discipline of what the choreography is, what it needs to look like. And everybody is so caught up on the social awareness. They're worried about what everybody else is looking at and not worried about what we're looking at. Mm. They're trying to shine too much. I don't mind you shining. Like, I shined in auditions, but I shined exactly like the choreographer. Mm -hmm. I didn't shine, like, to get the props. or like, yo, nigga, yo, look at y'all. You know, because people be in there like, ooh, like, they're, the way, that's the way they take class now. Mm -hmm. It's a show. And I'm like, and it was never a show in our class. Back in our time, it was a show maybe at the end when you got called out, but everyone looked the same. Everyone was not trying to be on YouTube or not trying to put it on Instagram or not trying to put it on Facebook. You couldn't dare pull out your phone in the middle of my class to film you to go put it up. I mean, phones didn't do that yet when I was in your class. Even when they, even when, when, when they did, started. like, even when they, it wasn't even phones, but people had cameras, like the little digital cameras. You would not dare pull out, a, you would not dare film another teacher's class, yet the combination. Mm -hmm. to want to put it up and showcase it and for you to get props by other people you got props by other people because they saw how hard you worked in the class and then the teacher recognized it that made the teacher want to single you out mm -hmm. not because you look different and you put your own spill on it I'd be like <laughs> I wish it was a camera I'm like I'm watching all these videos today and I'm like I commend how fast and quick and what form of dance is happening now because me, myself, I'd probably, probably look like crap for the first couple of weeks, but you best believe I'm a chameleon. I get it. 
the way these people are moving now, it works for this swag dancing and the props that they're getting. But that's why I said, don't nobody dance no more. Mm. What is it that, it, what is that? I mean, like... It was commercialized. It got simplified. Yeah. It got, it became the entertainment factor. Why? Because it got more popular on TV. So corporate people had to understand it. Oh, wow. Corporate yeah. people had to be wowed by it. The real dance is still like in the arts now. It's in the ballet. It's in the tap. It's in the jazz. The real, yeah, it's not in hip hop anymore. It's gotten so commercialized and contemporary. And I love the, the dynamic change of it, but even like, you know, people used to be like, oh, Marty's style changed dance. No, I don't think so. It was different. It was like when Timbaland and Missy came out, they changed the drum pattern of music. But you appreciated it more because you heard more sounds. Mm-hmm. Marty, his style did create a wave of the contemporary musicality of dance. But a lot of other people prior to that have been doing it, it just wasn't recognized, you know? It was then put on an artist that, you know, was culturally different, you know? For, for political, he was white. Mm-hmm. It wasn't put on someone like Michael who was also black or white. Like, I'm not into color, but it wasn't put on someone that made it dynamically stand out. Yeah. And But that worked for him, you know? And what's reckoned to way, the way people dance now is I love the musicality that they hear, but the movement doesn't make sense on everyone's bodies. Whereas dance back in the day, it made sense on the body. The curriculums for ballet is... We train you so the movement works for everyone's body. Mm-hmm. It's executed the same way. The passion is what drives the, the visual aspect of someone. Like, you can do a tandu, and so can I. We can have the same form. But I may just have more passion for the tandu that makes it stand out. My pirouettes, I might acquire, we both can do four pirouettes, but I may have strengthened myself to do seven. You may finish at four, and I may keep going and finish at seven. You just, it's just, it's the same technique, but it's the strength that drives you to get better at it. It's the same movement. They didn't change anything. They just acquired more strength in it. And that's the dynamics that we're missing. Mm, I miss the, um, I don't feel as much when I see things. I think it's all, it's so watered down. Everyone looks the same. I go to Carnival, I'm like, every piece, every choreographer, I'm like, I need something different. I need something with substance. There's no more substance. And I hate it too because I, like, I don't, I don't, my choreography is that hard. Everyone says it is. I don't know why. It comes from a real point though. It's very agile. It's very deep. It sits in a groove pocket that dancers are not learning. They don't understand the grooves. It's like house. You know, you can't just jump in a house class or there's people that can. They'll do the steps, but they don't have no groove. So Brian Green used to talk about it all the time. He was like, yeah, you got the steps, but where's your groove? Yeah. Where's your jack? You don't got it. To me, you don't got it. To somebody else, you do. It's corporate America. Oh, yeah, he got it. That's crazy. Look what he's doing. Oh, my God, he's moving so fast. The Brian Green could do the same thing. You'd be like, my God, that was amazing. You'd be like, why? Because... It's invoked in his soul. It's invoked in a passion. It's invoked. He has the substance. 
Yeah, I also think it takes so much technique to get something that looks easy. And I'm noticing it, like, the older that I get, the longer I've been doing this. Not saying, like, I'm whatever, but the longer I've been doing this, now, like, when I go see Ailey and I'll see somebody just, like, lift their arm. Smile, you'd be like, oh, my God, they just lifted their arm. And before I was like, oh, they're, like, they're, I always loved Ailey. I was like, they're great. But now I'm like, they're oh, so my. graceful. I'm like, you, like, the way they're holding their center and they're fighting for that. And they're reaching for the, something. The presence of it. You understand the substance. You understand it's not oversaturated. Mm-hmm. Whereas everything that we're watching, it's put out so much, it's put out so frequently, it's put out the same, it's oversaturated. If, if I see one more video <laughs> that oh comes no. in and out like this, I'm like, first of all, you keep moving the camera, I can't really see the dance. It makes Stop it more moving. Interesting. It makes it more interesting. To who? Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. So I'm not really watching the dance, I'm watching your camera movement. So let's say I shoot a dance video and I chop it up 80 times in one video. You know, you might think it's so dope because it's chopped up 80 times to cut the camera angles. If you watch it dead on, you should be able to feel the same thing. Because it shouldn't be the camera angle, it should be what you're watching, the focus of what you're watching. Our minds are working so fast now, it's just like, yo, did you see the camera shook? And then it's like, <laughs> boom, and then it's the attitude, and then it's then, and then it's 20 other people in a half circle around them, amping them up. So we're watching the scenario mm-hmm. and not the dance. We're feeling the energy from the scenario. Uh, I'm like, I really feel it's a mission of mine in life to, for all the amazing dance that I've seen, and it is so subjective, I get it. But, like, I want to make sure that that amazing dancing lives forever. I am starting a class and a workshop called The Gentleman's Club. Everyone be telling me about it. Oh, it's in full effect. Because, I, like I said, after my last audition, it was for the, for the Kids' Choice Awards, which was about a few weeks ago. I'm really looking at And I love the fact that there's so many new dancers. Mm-hmm. But I hate the fact that there's no platform for males. Because I'm always looking at there's a scarce of males and I'm also looking at there's a scale or scarce of substance yeah there's no you know women have their heels class they have something that makes them feel good about themselves what do men have heels class I mean there's some men that dominate heels class right but I want them also to dominate the etiquette of being a male yeah like whatever your sexual preference is whatever your preference is you should still, same way the girls can come and body out stuff, if you are a male in a female's presence, you should also be able to be a male in a male's presence. Same way a female can be a female in a female presence and a female in a male's presence. Yeah, I mean, just please, world. But I just need the men to really start understanding how to be stronger about how they move and not not worry so much about the speed and the, and, and, and how fast and the inc- in Intricateness is that a word? In- but I know exactly. In- no, in- intricate. Yeah, I don't know what the, I know exactly what you mean. I don't know which version is a like. Um, and if you ever need a woman in that room, just to gauge it, you know, I got you. You can don't. Well, the, how the gentleman's club is gonna work is, the women are just watching. Yeah. Like, I almost want to feel like the men are on display. For the women to watch, like they have their wine, they have their cheese, and they're watching the men work. It's almost for us to feel like kings, the queens watching. 
you know how do we entertain a queen yeah how do you how do you cater to your spouse with just movement or invoking a different feeling by just your presence as an entertainer and as a performer I want all men to feel like they're artists because we are dance artists we're not dancers we we create the life of of the art to be honest they have artists need dancers movies they need dancers we're just we're an instrument of art yeah no sorry the older that i get the more i appreciate like a man just doing what's like special about being a man i mean i'm not saying just that but i'm i'm missing that like it doesn't have to be for me but if a man is like excellent and masculine i'm like I'm so happy for you and for whoever you're with and that you exist and that I can appreciate this. Like, So anyways, I'll be there with my bottle. Yes, I want the women to come. Um, I, I foresee it, it being like behind a tempered glass wall. like, And the, the class is happening. Guys are all, it's like, it's very much every guy's in a white butt down, a black tie or a black bow tie whatever pants preference, whatever shoe preference, but it's very, it's almost like it's private school driven. You have to be in the etiquette of a casual setting. Like, I want it to feel like you're on display. There's <laughs> like some, you're a mannequin that's moving. There's something also about putting yourself together. And I know, like, says someone who, like, I will run out the house sometimes and be like, do I have pants on? <laughs> <laughs> that I thought I was like, <laughs> Do I have pants on? The other day, my pants on. But there's something about like someone who takes pride in, you know, what you put on. And if you had to explain your career in terms of stages, how would you describe it? Because from my perspective, you've definitely had like more dancing at one point and then transition. Um, I actually don't know how to gauge it. You know, a lot okay. of people ask me that question all the time, and I'm just like, I'll tell you what my career did. It allowed me to understand what path to take with each hat I wear for people to take me seriously. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah. I literally danced my entire life. I transitioned because I got tired of dance not being recognized mm -hmm. and it was no longer fun, it was no longer passion. Um, and I transitioned because I wanted to create more. So I became a choreographer in 2008, stopped mm -hmm. dancing. Call my agent and said, don't send me to another dance shop. You I just stopped having fun. Quick. Hated it. I hated what the dance shows were doing. It was exploiting it. I lost the passion for it. I, it wasn't being recognized for dance anymore. It was just, oh, it's cute. It's fun. Ha ha. Oh, it's dope. Oh, what's the, what, can you do something that makes the audience wow? We just want the wow factor. Mm -hmm. I was like, there's no wow factor. The wow factor is me. It's us. It's what you see. Can you do it? No. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's your wow factor. Go do what we just did. Five minutes of it. I can't. There's your wow. They wanted more wow. They wanted the trick stuff. They wanted so. They wanted the things that really. I mean, now when I say it, I'm like, goddamn, wow. Like I don't know how some people's minds work, but it's a new generation. Their minds. They're just as creative as I was at that age. It's just that. The same stuff that they're doing now, I did 10 years ago, and I'm just like, I wanted to put dance videos out when I was in high school. I just didn't have the money for it. 
I wanted to make concept videos. The same thing that people are making concept videos. Like, me and Anthony had this idea in 1998. 98. I wanted to do this in 98. I wanted to recreate all the bad boy videos and the Aaliyah videos and uh, just make them straight dance videos. Why? Because I wanted people to just see the dance in it. Like, if this was just a, take videos that had no dance in it, like, if this was a dance video, this is what it would look like. Yeah, at that time, you know what those cameras cost? I had to, just to get one camera. It was like. We were talking about 100,000, 200 million dollar oh, budget damn. videos. Like, to rent camera equipment at that time. Mind you, videos were only being shot on one camera at the mm -hmm. time. Those big 1080p's, whatever the cameras were then. Now there's DSLR cameras and that you can, everybody, it's so accessible to everyone, everyone can create. Yeah. So, but they're now doing this, what is it? I thought, me and I thought about this in 98. Almost 20 years later, concept videos are blowing up on the internet. And people are becoming famous off of it. I had this idea 20 years ago almost 20 years ago so fast forward I lost the love for dance and I just wanted to create I felt I was more powerful in creating I hated touring I hate the fact that artists didn't respect dancers can you talk about that a little bit because that's like never people it just looks really exciting touring is fun I mm -hmm. started my first tour in 99 <laughs> I was touring by 99 Worked for a couple artists. My biggest tour after that was the TRL tour with 3LW. Mm -hmm. Went on tour for three months. Destiny's Child, Dream, Nelly, Eve. 3LW was the opener. Um, touring is amazing. It's not amazing when you don't get paid on time. Yes, we, we would be on payroll. And believe it or not, you would think that dancers are making thousands of dollars after taxes we're not making much you know they don't realize that for the hour and 30 minute show that we're doing we shouldn't be getting a four-figure number or a low four-figure number mm -hmm. like i understand everybody has expenses but one we're not getting paid on time two we're sharing our amenities three um it's some tours are great some are not everything is always uh it's not in the budget Mm -hmm. Dancers are never in the budget. How are dancers never in the budget, but you need them? Your band is in the budget. You need them. Mm -hmm. Why hasn't to this point in the industry, it had been part of a budget? Why aren't we part of a bigger budget? We make the show dynamic. We make the show a show. We help your artists that can or cannot move. We are not a prop. Well, I would love to see what would happen if all dancers went on strike for artists. It won't happen. It won't happen, but I mean, what and, would they do? And I wish it would. Right. But too many people are hungry to be like, well, if you won't do it, I will. I don't care what I'm getting paid. Why? Because I was there. It was the passion. When you are passionate about it for so much, but then it's not respected, you lose the passion for it. Yeah. So I stepped back from it. I didn't want to tour. I toured with Keisha Cole on my last tour. And I was still fighting management for rates. I'm like, have you seen my resume? At this time and point, it's like, respect my resume. So it's like, your artist is going on tour at this point with this person. If you're talking about, yeah, we want 75000 a night, they're going to have to respect that number. You're not going to go below that. So it became like a, why are we not 
in the same respective category anyway I was tired of just flights happening like this like I figured I was in the game for so long from 98 to 2008 already at 10 years I'm like yo come on like why am I still being treated like I just came in the game that could be somebody else's headache you know what I want to be a choreographer so I can be the choreographer that looks out for the dancers mm. that's why I became a choreographer I want to create more I want to be under I wanted to work more I wanted to get more money to be honest I wanted I had a different lifestyle I wanted to live so I became a choreographer I wanted people to see my vision I wanted people to understand I wanted people to understand the art form um, it was a slow 2008 to 2009 transition year because I, I was still getting dance calls and Luckily, I was with Fatima Robinson for so long, and she recognized my work that when I started assisting, I was assisting her before that, but when I told her, this is all I want to do, I want to be behind the camera now, I want to be behind the scenes, she respected it and put me forward. You know, I was freelancing with other choreographers until, I was freestyling with other choreographers um, until I found a place of comfortability, and the way she just worked was so easy and I knew that we would work, have worked well together. So, made that transition in oh, middle of 08 to 09. I became one of her full-time assistants. Wow. And then 2010 happened. And, you know, in this time, I was always thinking about means of growing. So, me and Aunt wanted to make changes in the dance world. We came out with, our look who came at dance competition. We were always putting up the best numbers, $1,000 cash prizes. People were like, wow, this is the biggest cash prize. We had a goal for a look who came to dance for it to be as just as big as Just About, mm -hmm. Just About, or Daboo. Just Daboo, just I Daboo. think. I think. We wanted it to be, we wanted our own in Madison Square Garden. Our goal was to have Look Who Came to Dance in Madison Square Garden. Start with the minimum cash prize as $1,000, getting your sponsors to where it's like a $10,000 cash prize, whatever the case may be we lacked in having a definite DJ. Us being in Mount Boys, when we can't find what we can't, we take matters into our own hand. We can't find it, you know what? We got tired of last minute DJs calling out, looking for DJ. We had everything else and it was like, damn. We had DJs, people, the, 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 the dancers like, oh, the music sucks and it's not the same. This DJ doesn't know dancers. So, in the 2009, going to 2010, I woke up, literally, in the new year. I, we had a Christmas party. Harry and Harry was our DJ. I watched him the whole night for the Christmas party. Then I had a, a New Year's party at my house, and I couldn't find a DJ. And I was like, you know what? My friend ended up DJing. I watched him the whole night. I literally, before I went to bed on New Year's Day, well, it was New Year's Day now, because the eve passed, I was like, I want to be a DJ. I went to sleep. I woke up. That's all I could think about on New Year's Day. Being a DJ. I didn't know where this bug came from. It was like, I would feel it in my soul, like, yes. And it's like a voice in the head, like, yes, you can be a DJ. You will be a DJ. I kid you not. Oh, I was and I was itching to find out where, like how. It's New Year's Day, nothing's open. I said, you know what? If I wake up like this tomorrow, I'm investing in it. I went to sleep, 
And I got up. I looked at my corner. I was like, my DJ desk can go right there. What do I need? Went online, found out what I needed, bought it the same day. That was the start of my DJ career. I remember going to, uh, you were like DJing, like I think every, it seemed like you were like going for whatever, um, what I'm not saying, every opportunity. I remember going into Brooklyn with odds. It was like random. You like sent out a text and you were DJing at like a poetry lounge. Like I I still remember that. I was like, with the following that I have as a dancer, I can be the biggest dance DJ. When I say dance DJ, I don't mean dance music. Like, I wanted to be the DJ that dancers came to for everything. That anything dance related, they called me. Yeah. They were having a dance ceremony, we need a DJ. Let's call dubs. Because I was so respected in the dance game, they would have trusted me with the music as entertainment. That was my goal. And then I also wanted to create a new form and I knew that wherever I went as a DJ, no matter what club, I would have the biggest different following. Because if I had locked in my people, my community, they would trust me, they would come. So I I wanted to walk to Greenhouse, the biggest commercial club, and be like, cool, man, you got all the bottle poppers, but I can bring you the entertainment. How can you? That's so smart. I have the biggest community behind me. What do you mean? I'm a dancer, so I'm a choreographer, so you can pack this place with 200 regulars. I can pack this place with 500 dancers. Would like give me a night? And I was that cocky about it, also in fear. Like <laughs> dancers don't drink. I don't know if it's gonna come out. No one really. So I had to get my spend. I had to get myself to a place where dancers understood and took me seriously as a DJ. Mm-hmm. Hibernated for six months, wow. day in day out. All I did was practice. So then, what did you do with dance jobs, with choreography jobs? I still took them. Okay. I would practice, leave, go to rehearsal. No, after rehearsal, leave, come home, practice. How many hours of sleep do you need a night, and how many do you get? It's crazy. Everybody, I think, I don't sleep. I you do sleep, sleep, and I don't sleep. You don't Everybody's sleep. Everybody's like, you don't sleep. You would come in, and I don't know what it is. I think minimum, I can function on four hour, three, four hours of sleep. I shouldn't be. It's bad for the body, but I wish I got more sleep, but... My brain doesn't turn off. Like, I'll get in the bed, shut everything off, lights off. I'll be like this. Just in a thought. I see images above my ceiling in the dark. Like, when I hear music and tracks and just, I'm always like, hmm. And I wake up tomorrow and I, it's the first thing I'll attack. Like, I had a melody in my head last night. I woke up and played played that right now. Have you always been like that? I don't know. That's the thing. I feel like now I'm older, I'm more aware of it. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I feel like I'm always on a mission, so I utilize as much time as I have. Like, do you not? I can't do it when I'm dead, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I'm not gonna be, or might be, or my spirit might be doing it with someone else. But I nap more now than I have a son. <laughs> he takes naps. I take naps yes. if I'm home, but I rarely take naps, and sometimes I sleep in. I'm, I'm that person. What's sleeping in? Is that like five hours? 3 p.m. Don't leave the bed till 2 p.m. 3 a.m. Don't leave the bed till 2, 2 p.m. Or wake up and just sit in the bed with my computer and work and not leave my room. 
I've gotten big on lifestyle design, so I like these things really intrigue me. Do you have anything that every day, no matter what, you get it done? No, and I think I should. Wow. Other than work, I don't designate like I have to do this every day. I do say I must do something for my career every day before I go home or before I go to sleep. So if I don't do something like I'll, even if it's a thought, like I have to do it like a track, mm-hmm. vision board, um, phone call, organization, it has to fall under what's going to make me greater in, in my career. So now I'm in the production more. It's like, all right, I felt like I've excelled in the way I can in being a producer. Now I need more help. So I need, that's why I'm like, I want to take classes. That's why I'm like, I'll watch a YouTube video and I'll try something different or I'll try to, you know, like, even as a DJ, which I shouldn't, I should literally still be practicing every day, which I just got back into now, you know, so. I remember you getting into bowling and like, it doesn't seem like you have to do things. Mm, I love bowling. And then there's like cooking. Um, and like you take these things on very seriously. Does that just feel like, like how does that pop up in your life because you're so busy and then um, become, you know what I mean? How do you make it work? Uh, it happens when you're single. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, if you find a woman that appreciates it, they'll do it with you. Anyway. We'll no, I can't put it on that though. Because there's plenty I of single people because, who are not like with careers. Taking um, it's weird. Like, minus my personal life. My vice is bowling. I love bowling. It's like my meditation. Hmm. It's still a sport. It's frustrating. It's very frustrating. But it, it takes skill, luck, and what I love about it is it's more than just practice. It's a formula. And once you figure out the formula you will understand how how life works for me. The one thing about bowling is you have to be super consistent. You have to stand in the same spot that works for you. You have to find this you have to find the pocket every time. That means you get twelve throws to score a perfect game. Everybody in life said nothing is perfect, right? How many people have bowled perfect games? Life isn't perfect, but at that moment, life was perfect for that person because that's a perfect game. That means you did the same thing 12 times and then some people have done it more than once. That means they've completed that sense of perfect that many times that time in just that circle. If you can do that with something that you love, then you can always do it. And you can do it in life. I always, um, I'm afraid of taking something on that's like not, quote unquote, like in my career. Because I'm like, well, no, I should be putting everything into my career and then sleeping and then blah, blah, blah. Like, what do you have to say? Because you get so much done. So I want to understand your mentality. But I also take time to not do it sometimes. I take time sometimes to not do what is part of my career. So important, isn't it? Because you have to step away and come back with fresh eyes, fresh ears, fresh mindset. Mm -hmm. For example, like I said, 
that drives me to look at the time that I have to do something else because now I'm going wow if I bowl a perfect game it means I understand you know like I understand the consistency mm-hmm. but I dedicated the time to be consistent to that now I have to apply it to something else so I took time to reteach myself how to be consistent in bowling but I love bowling like I don't know I know where it came from but then I don't know where it came from like how it's often? the most random if I have the free time mm-hmm. I go it, well I had more free time then when I moved here because I found a 24-hour bowling alley. So no matter what, they were, I knew where all the 24-hour bowling alleys were. That's crazy. I mean, so I would do, if I got done with my day, I'd be like, oh, well, I'm not tired. I'll go to the bowling alley at 3 a.m. And I'll bowl till like 6 a.m. Damn. Then I'll go to sleep for like four hours and then do what I gotta do. But because I loved it, because I was able to do it. I'm like, well, I'm not gonna get any other time to do it. I'm up, why not do it now? I'm not tired. And if my body is tired, that means my body just showed me what I can do when I'm tired. Damn. <laughs> so I cook at 2, 3 in the morning because I, in my head, I think I created being a chef. Um, my mom has always cooked. My mom actually didn't teach me how to cook. I used to stand in the kitchen and watch her. But then when I moved to L.A., I was like, I can cook. I think I can cook. I know I can cook. And then I just... I learned to watch and play, and I love eating out in restaurants, and I'm like, I want to be able to do this for my family or my wife one day, and part of me was when I was younger, I want to be like, yo, if I ever have a date, you know, ladies. she come over, <laughs> like, but guys, I did things for the ladies back then. Yeah. Like, it was me, but then I also did it because I wanted to be a gentleman, like, I wanted to appreciate the presence of a woman, and then also you know, be able to say, I'm not, I'm not here to use you. I'm here to give to you, you know. That really, like, that really <laughs> hit me just now because I, yeah, dating out here is, uh, I don't know if it's out here because I've really only it's dated in L.A. It's out here. It's, it's not it's out here. Yeah, and it makes me sad because I'm like, I don't, I think it's so important to have a love life as part of a balanced life. I've learned it now. At first I was content with Right. Cool. Like, I was like, oh, I'm great I'm at being independent. I'm so independent. Like, I don't need a woman for anything. Now I'm just like, I just want a woman to cook for me. <laughs> just... Yeah. But I'm like, there has to be, like, if I don't suck as a human and my friends don't, like, they're mm-hmm. good. Like, there has to be some way around this L.A. It's, I don't... That's part two. Let's, okay. let's get in Adrian's love life, part two. Can uh, the we? life of... That would that be so funny. No one expected. But um, I, I'll tell you another reason why I find time to do all these, wear all these hats. I always told myself, I want this prior having a son and not having a son. I want my son, child, or family to feel like, or my legacy to feel like they can do anything. Like I want them to be like. But dad, I can't do it. Yes, you can. I, I, I want. I don't even want them to register. I can't do it. Like I want them to look at me and be like, my mom or my dad does everything. He's a superhero. I can be just as and not feel intimidated, like discouraged, like, mm-hmm. like you can do it if you apply yourself. So that's where I find time. Like I just do it without thinking. 
I'll come up with recipes. I'll just go to the supermarket and for three hours walk up and down each aisle until I find something different to cook. I like that. Who were your inspirations in dance from a dancer perspective when you were dancing as a choreographer and as a, as a DJ? Ooh, so hard. It's changed so many times. Mm-hmm. As a dancer, um, one of my greatest dance inspiration, of course, is Michael. Um... James Brown, uh, Fred Astaire, Sammy Davis. Like, it was a lot of musically influenced as I got older. Mm-hmm. When I was younger, it was from, like George Balanchine, Ailey, Desmond Richardson. Like I was, I was Peter Bowl, Tappers, um, Gregory Hines. You know, then when I got in the commercial world, it was like. I love people like Brian Green and then Showtime, Buddha um, Stretch Link. And then I came up around like the Punches, the Goose, the Eddies. But then the one person that completely stood out to me and I'll never forget the day I saw was um, AJ Akamai. Mm. And it's crazy how the line, the world's aligned to where he was under Fatima and now I'm under Fatima in terms of four. I saw him in Try Again. Like, who is this new dancer? Yo, he's so amazing. What was it about him? Like, what were, like, three qualities that you noticed? His presence and, well, his lines. First thing I noticed was his lines were clean. I must have been wound try again so many times like yo he's picture perfect like and believe it or not how modest he was but how cocky he was and when you watch the video you see no presence of how cocky he was all Mm. you see is his of how mod he was but I felt his his confidence through it just the way he looked into the camera and I was like I saw me and him and I was like I wonder if that's what people see when they see me dance but I had never been in a video like that where I was showcased um, to where you know and I've never at that time never danced with such huge artists on that level where he stood out and I saw him again in Morning Woman I saw him We Need a Resolution and how seamless he was I was like he made everything effortlessly. What does it take to look that seamless? Like, is it that, like, just a God-given gift, or is it, like, a work ethic, or what is it? I think I worked to get there. Um, I don't really know. I've never really sat down with AJ and talked about his past. Mm-hmm. And maybe I, I want to one day. Um, maybe you should, too. I would love to. I don't know uh, how to... Email him. Call him. Instagram him. So hey, I do a podcast. It's inspired by this book. <laughs> it's been inspired by this and this. I've sat down with so-and-so, and he mentioned you. And, and just hearing off that, I want to piggyback off it. And be like, I, I want to know your story now as to why someone of his level was so intrigued by you. And he might just give you 30, 45 minutes. You never know. Put yourself out there. It makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. You know, you're only going to grow from here and finding, a, you know, the stories, because the people that listen to your podcast need to know of these people that are not getting recognition. I'm pretty sure you can get it done. You'll get it done. I even 
let him know. I also want to be here when you do it. Really? That would be so <laughs> dope. Double pie, like. I've got some questions for you. And oh you my god! It, like you know, I might Which roll over. Of... Like I might pass out and roll over. <laughs> I'm like joy. Just uh, you know, so that would be a dream. Basically, yeah. it was how effortless he made it look, how confident he was, and how clean he was. Then, but that was just that. Then I seen him like he makes the most agile stuff look easy. It's so effortless. Now when I found out he was choreographing, it was almost like he understood a different level of music that I didn't. It's like, wow. And then when we finally worked together, I, I felt like I, at this time point, our first, 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 first hip hop honors, I got to work with him when he was choreographing with Fatima. And I got to work under him and do his stuff. Never to the extent of how he does it now, Mm -hmm. It was very structured, like we had themes, and I was just like, I work with AJ, I danced next to AJ, holy shoot, and then the following year, I did Dreamgirls with him, and I danced right next to him, in the stepping to the bad side scene, mm -hmm. direct camera center, behind Eddie, is me, <laughs> and AJ. And I practice every day to be as picture perfect as him. To this day, he doesn't know that. <laughs> and the funny thing is, a lot of people talk about that scene and how I just dives off the front. But I'm like, y'all don't see me dancing next to AJ? <laughs> y'all talk about how dynamic it looks? I was like, I'm dancing next to AJ. <laughs> I felt like I accomplished everything then. And then, like, you know, I always strive to stay that clean that seamless and that modest. I was like, I'm taking a piece of AJ with me. I just loved everything he did and uh, part of his choreography inspired my growth in choreography as well, alongside being under Fatima, that as well. Her structure, how she, how like, like you said, she, she makes it seamless as well. Uh, so that's this dance. The next thing was, a, you said it's choreographer? Choreographer, dancer, DJ. Mm -hmm. So. I've always loved the greats, Tone Rich, Fly, I love I love all the people that are working today. Mm -hmm. I've been inspired by all of them. Even as I grow, everybody's work is inspiring to me. I don't have a designated choreographer, but I do love mm -hmm. all of them. DJing, my cousin DJ Chase was one of my biggest inspirations. Because when I was in high school, I used to watch him DJ. Even when I used to be on PC DJ, I used to DJ on my computer before it became a mobile thing. And when we needed mixes, I used to like try to put them on tape and make the mix the way I did. But we would literally go to the record store together, he would come back, mark the records, and do the cuts the same exact way. So now for us, I was asking him to cut records in like, by like four bars. Like, so one, two, we came in eight, so their bars is one, two, three, four, bar, two, three, four. I was having to make cuts in like one count of eight or one count of four. And the way he just flipped records at this time, I was just like, yo, why haven't you done like DMC? And he was like, those kids are above me. And I was like, yo, cuz you're so dope. But the reason why the mixes were coming out so dope is because I didn't realize at this point, I was creatively putting the music together that made the performance what it was. Mm -hmm. I was already creative directing at this point, like me and Antwerp 
creating our outfits, creating the, the image, the performance, and putting the music together. So I was doing what I was doing now, then, just bringing it to someone that can execute, which now I do myself. And I would watch him, I was like, yo, my cousin is the best DJ in the world. Not knowing he learned from like the Funk Flex, the Jazzy Jeffs, the DJ Scratches, and so on and so forth, who I now am understanding music like. Jazzy Jeff just was recently, I was at an event with him where he used my turntables. I just choreographed the Tribe Called Quest performance with DJ Scratch. Like I'm watching my mentors in front of like people that I now listen to. When I started learning how to DJ, I taught myself how to DJ. No one taught me how to DJ. All the DJs that I went on tour with, I asked for help, shut me out. Like, how did you, you teach yourself? How does a person teach themselves how to DJ? I just did it musically. I would get on and be like, chicka, 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 chicka. one, two, three. I made, I made, I made it a dance. Mm -hmm. So I would count in eights before I drop music, know where to drop, listen to. I'm like, I know how each song sounds. So as a dancer, we would want to switch here. It was a puzzle that I was putting together. I taught myself how to scratch the best way I could. And I tried to watch videos, and I felt like I needed hands-on. I wasn't getting it, so I would literally go to, to Scratch Academy every day, just listen to other people and practice at Scratch Academy. I was there so much that people thought I worked at Scratch Academy and wanted me to teach them. Damn. And when it was in New York, I was going West 4th. I had nothing to do in between rehearsals, go there. Normally, you're supposed to pay to practice. I was just walking in. First day, like, oh, no, no. <laughs> All right, cool. Let's go to the back room and practice. I was gonna pay for classes. I was like five, six hundred dollars, and then I was not getting the feedback. Like people were talking about, don't go there. They just they favor who they want. Blah blah. blah. I was like, if I'm gonna pay five hundred dollars, I might as well pay someone that I know I can have hands-on training with. I learn better that way. Mm -hmm. Nobody helped me, so I would practice day in. So you're told no. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Went online, looked at videos, learned. DJ Angelo videos, DJ Kubert videos, Jazzy Jeff videos, Scratch videos, how to baby trip, what are steps to scratching, what are all the scratches, tapping in YouTube. YouTube is, is our encyclopedia from now on. Mm -hmm. Not our encyclopedia, but it's today's social encyclopedia. And before you had to go to the encyclopedia to get information. That's, the internet's the encyclopedia now. Which is great. Oversaturated, but it's great. You can find out anything you want to do. I literally, learn the things that I've learned um, off YouTube but then again I know music and I had a wide range of music and I know when to drop it how to drop it what key what not like you know oh let me word play off of this you know like this is a bad one like I'll use this because it's an easy one to reference a lot of DJs use it too now but I've done this like all I do is win 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 no matter what this is. everybody hands go up the next record I would play is, I'm on the way up. I would play, I would start word playing a lot. And I re realizing that I was listening to songs just for like fine words and be like, all right, well, if I loop this, I can go into another song. My cousin told me, he's like, oh, you word playing. I was like, oh, he's like, that's a dope method for DJs. I didn't know what it was called. But because that's, I understood music and what I wanted to get across and how I wanted to be a DJ, that's how I would go, you know, I was trying to like put all the, not knowing I'm putting together all the different techniques, I was putting them together to be the best DJ I could. So now, like, I look up to, like, being that I'm getting around the greats, like the Dougie Freshes, and uh, just working with them, I'm like, of course, DJs have 
evolved like from since back then and now mm-hmm. so trying to keep up with the way people are musically doing things it's on a different level but I'm like I want to do enough stuff I want to learn the art of turntablism so I can I can say I've learned it and I've mastered it not to compete in it or anything I just want to be able to do it and create more music with it and the reason why I became a DJ is because I wanted people to feel the way I felt when I was dancing yeah when I was dancing I felt great so I'm like I want to put the music out I want to look at it and be like they love dancing right now because I'm controlling the music and they feel the way I felt when I was on stage with an artist I love it I um I'm kind of sad I haven't gotten to go to a party where you're DJing are you ever DJing at parties no in a long time uh, dot 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 in a long <laughs> time you're I'm not saying because you're sitting here like you're amazing you're really um, fun I do want to start a new event Please? I just have to make it work to where it's it's like you know I hate the fact that people look at like people go oh I don't want to go to these parties too many dancers are there like so what like a party's a party to anybody listening if you ever get to go to a DJ Dub's <laughs> party no you know exactly what to play it's not all the same crap and it's I try, really diverse I try to practice digging and just I, I like playing good music yeah. I don't research as much as other DJs do. I just research in the music that I have to play more stuff. What drives you? I mean, you're so driven. Now, my son. Before was... Before, like, because you have, like... Before was my family. I wanted, I wanted a lifestyle where my mom didn't have to work again. I wanted everybody to be taken care of. And I drive myself. Me. What, like, what do you do when you start feeling tired? Or when you start... Do you not get tired? Are you going to... Or like when you start feeling, I don't know. Narcoleptic, I probably pass out. <laughs> I pray every time I get in a car, but like, maybe I'll fall asleep. <laughs> do you ever feel like, not to be negative, but do you ever feel like burnt out? Like, I know I'll go, I go, go, and then I I've suddenly... i anxiety attacks. Oh, wow. Ended up in the hospital. I'm so sorry to hear that. And... I drove myself, like, like, I'm like, why can't I do it all? I've been there. And what have you learned from that in terms of, like, your lifestyle or... I think my son fixed that. Really? Yep. I was, par- I was paranoid when I, when I found out I was having a child. Like, it's nerve-wracking. And then he created balance. Wow. He created balance, and he also made it difficult. <laughs> also, being a relationship, too. Because now there's women that's like, you don't have time for me between your life, your work, and your son. And they're like, where do I fit in? I'm like, you fit in. You just got to be there. Just, just be there. Bowling. Just be there. Come to bowling. Learn to bowl. Just do one to do things. Just, um, yeah, but... Um, it was, I've been there, like, burnt out, having more ideas. No one talks no about burnout. No creativity process. Just got to step back from everything, and I'm glad that he's there, because then I'm like, you know, I ain't doing nothing today. Papa, what you want to do? Go outside? Let's go outside. How old is he now? It's going to be two and a half. Can I meet him in person? I haven't met yeah, him in person. Everybody's like, he's so sheltered. I'm like, no, I'm just, <laughs> I'm never out, like. And if I am, I'm just out. With, I'm not even out with other parents. Like I'm just, we do things like I didn't even introduce him. I didn't even make him fall in love with bowling. <laughs> One night I was, I was getting ready. I know we had a late flight, and I was like, well, everybody's going bowling. I don't want to sit here with him. It's gonna be out till eleven. If I go, well, f it. I don't care. I took him. He was like, <gasps> he just fell in love with the place. And I was like, wow. We left. The next morning we got up. Then a bowling. He just wanted to bowl. And I was like, wow, one and a half. You really like bowling. 
Wow. And started talking about it every day since. <laughs> so it became this thing, you know. I have a few more questions. Okay. Yeah, what's a typical day like for you? Packed. Right. Between. Can you give a sample of a day? Sample day, wake up, make my son breakfast. What time? If my son wakes me up, he gets up with his mom. So I'll see him about 8.30. Mm-hmm. Out the door by 9.30. Rehearsal at 10. Done rehearsal at 4. Come home, see him for 30 minutes. Go to the studio. Or go do whatever else I got to do that's work-related. So it might be an event. So let's just say it's a studio session. Like for instance, I was doing Backstreet stuff. I come home at 4, go to the studio at 6. Come home at 2, 3 a.m. Answer a couple emails. Attack the stuff that I didn't attack. In bed by like 4 or 5, back up at 8. And that's like, if I don't have rehearsals with a team or something, it's probably an event. If it's not an event... It's probably a studio session, and it's finding time, if not to just create and make stuff to be myself as a producer, as a musical DJ, and so on and so forth. Do you have a day you take off every week? I don't really give myself a day off. I feel like I have a day off when I go bowling. That's my day off time. Sometimes if I do have a day off, I'll go to movies all day. Mm. I'll bowl all half a day. I have to see Get Out. I have to see see Get get out. Out. Any recommendations for people that want to work for you? That they're like, I want to work assisting or shadowing. A lot of people don't want to be like, I want to work for you. They want to be like, I want to work for Fatima. Uh, Recommendations for people that want to work for a Fatima and people that want to work for a you. It's crazy. I get more people that say, I want you to mentor me. Mm -hmm. I get a lot of people, which I'm going to take more serious this year. Mm -hmm. I get a lot of guys that say they want to mentor me and I feel like I don't have the time to do it. But I feel like I do have the time. Oh my God, I would want you to mentor me. I just I just won't put myself into it until um, I can give it all the time that I have. Same thing with everything else I have. So, you know, to anybody out there that's asked me to mentor them, talk, I mean, I do give them advice. Sometimes they take it, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they be like to think it's Hollywood. Uh, but I, I know once I put the gentleman's class in play, I will be like the Aisha Francis to the fellas. <laughs> <laughs> I need to have like a partner class Oh ah! it, it, we are I already talked to her about it It's going to be called the Binding Clyde Workshop Oh my god It's going to be a Hales class and a Gentleman's class And then we'll do a combination together And then we'll pick a Binding Clyde for the weekend and I've already thought about it Because I'm like I feel she she is The the queen Of Of, of, of making women feel like women like she yeah. knows her not even like her but she knows how a woman should exude in sex and performance and style that she trains women to be I mean, there's a lot of people that train women to be a woman and so but right now she's creating that platform yeah. that's all she does same thing Jessica Castro all those women that do that I want to create Bonnie and Clyde events with them yes and my Bonnie and Clyde I'll include people like Tone Rich Fly Luther, AJ. That's fun also. Punch, Goof. Like, the people I grew up under. Jason Wright. Um, you know, rest in peace. Uh, Mike Andrews is that here anymore. Like, but, like, Eddie Morales. Like, the people that I watch growing up do a binding Clyde with them because they are the definition of substance of 
of, of male dancing. Mm. Anything that we haven't talked about that you wanted to share or bring up? Mm. Or victim? I don't know. I'll probably walk out the door and be like, oh, I should have talked about that. Part two. <laughs> Part two. I just want people to understand that everything they want to do in life takes patience. You have to be patient. You have to be fearful. And you have to be fearless. You can't be discouraged. And if you are, use it as a platform to create a sub of what you wanted to do. For example, there's a lot of people that want to be actors, actresses. It's a hard thing to get into. It doesn't happen overnight. I think some people just have it. They are naturally actors or naturally actresses. Some people develop it in classes. There's some people that want to dance on tours. There's some people that want to be dancers. There's some people that just don't make it. Mm. I want you to know that that what you want is probably is is not the answer. It's a stepping stone for your answer. And you have to under you have to allow that. You have to create the subconscious of it. There's people who dance all their life and don't get a tour, don't get an artist, don't get a music video, and they just feel like they're never gonna do it. Because that's not what's in your destiny. Mm-hmm. This, that was only for you to acquire or the knowledge of it to make the connections for something related to it. For you to then turn around back then and get fulfillment out of it. I'll tell you something before we close out. I have never, nobody knows this, well now they do. I have never danced with an artist on a world tour, ever. My entire dance career. I've not danced with a recognized artist and been on a world tour with them. Like a Usher, a Janet, a But you've done so much. My entire dance career, though. Mm-hmm. Let's go from 96 to about 2010. Let's just put down my entire dance career. I never danced with, like, a world tour artist. I never went on a world tour as a dancer with any artist. Mm. It's not until I became a DJ. And... In that transition, my first DJ tour ever, which was in 2013, um, was with Cheryl Cole. She wanted me to dance, and I told her the only way I would dance on her tour because I was already choreographing um, was if she. I was like, "Only I'm just a joke. Only way I would dance on your tour is if you put a segment in your shows for me as a DJ." We went on break and came back. There was a 10 minute intermission for me to DJ her show before the last act, and she was like, "Well." If you want to come back and do the next song, you can, but I don't think you're going to have enough time because you're DJing it before. I was like, what? <laughs> Just because she wanted me to dance, she put it on a show. And also because she believed in me. Mm. And so did Fatima. And so did the MD. They believed in, mind you, this is two and a half years later after I just started learning to DJ. I just did an international world tour for one of the biggest artists named Cheryl Cole. 2013 uh, no 2012 I lied and 2013 the year after that I got Mike Posner and I went on tour with him as his DJ and musical director uh, musical programmer I controlled the show 
Wow. And I was his DJ. And he was on the Bieber tour. Opening night was my birthday. Changed my life. And then the following month after that was the Kesha tour with him. Took a year off, 2014. Found out I was having a baby. End of 2014. I got a cry I am now on a tour. Mind you, double backing Cheryl Cole's tour. I was the choreographer, DJ, dance captain. All in one. It was only 11 dates. This was the first tour I did as a DJ yeah. internationally, Dublin, London, Amsterdam. How do you prepare for that? Like I was thrown into the wolves. <laughs> I had to figure it out. Wow. Figure out my set. And it was un- it was amazing. It was the life of the show. So fast forward to Ariana Grande. It was the first tour I've ever done with a recognized artist that was a world tour. My technically third or fourth career, how you were going to look at a dance choreographer, creative direction to DJ and producer. I was her DJ and musical, co-musical director. 2015, I, my entire 2015 year, I toured as a DJ and a co-musical director. What's that On a world like? tour. That's Ten a, months. What's that like? Like, was it weird not being it a was dancer? because everybody... <laughs> But the, what's so great about it is even Brian That's and Scott so cool. respected, still respected me so much as a creative director. They would ask me to come and look at things and be like, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Yeah, it's and incredible. Which is great is because because I was still in that light, I helped the growth of that, you know, to where they're doing their own thing now. Like, I would still love the fact that I was recognized. I had recognition for the stuff that I did. And yeah. they respected it. And then to where now people were like, yo, we can't believe you are doing this. I was still dancing on her tour. I danced the first five numbers. Wait, you for Ariana Grande? Yep. I was the D I was dancing behind my DJ booth, full out choreography. The chore first five songs. Because it was I just wanted to. That's unheard of. I was of. the DJ and then I left, had my own tap Who solo. Who are you? Had my own tap solo. Hey. Reproduce my, like when you go back, when you get a chance, find a couple videos of it or I can send it to you. Yes, please. Yeah, I was heard. That's so cool. And to think. 2015, I got in the game in 1996. Almost 20 years later, before I've done my first world tour with the Recognized, like the headliner. Mm-hmm. This is my first headlining act 19 years later. So I tell people, be patient. It may not happen for you in dance, it can happen in something else. Mm-hmm. I've, always, I've always wanted to close my dance chapter with a headlining artist. I didn't do it till I was a DJ slash co-musical director like I got into rehearsal three days later I was the co-musical director I've never been a co-musical director <laughs> which is now why I'm into how did that happen she wanted me to remix her songs and make things different so I started working with MD and she gave me that title and they approved it and now here I am as a programmer a producer drum arranger remixer and you will still tap I still tell. I still dance now. I'm going to get back in some classes. Please! Can you teach some classes? I'm going to teach again. Everybody's been asking me. I'm going to teach again. That's why I'm going to start Gentleman's Club. Do it for me. I'm going to start. That's why I'm going to start Gentleman's Club. So, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Be patient. And take time to understand that. What you want will happen. It will... Whoever you believe in or what energy you believe in is going to make it happen either in the light that you think it's going to happen for or in a different light associated with it. 
I would never thought 20 years from now I would have done what I really wanted to do as a dancer, as a DJ. Mm. And faster than some DJs have ever done it. Like, yeah. there's DJs in four or five years of their career have not done the amount of things I've done as a DJ. But I, I made sure I, I didn't disrespect the art of it, you know? And last question. <laughs> it's 100 years from now, and you're chilling on a cloud. What do you want to be remembered for in the dance world? Art. <laughs> Just art. I want people to be like, he is the essence of art. That's why I tap into so many hats, like the essence of creation, creating. Mm -hmm. like, and I say, to be an artist, you have to be a creator. Like, there's no limits to creation um, and inspiration, art and inspiration. I'm inspired. I remember, <laughs> but I always have been. I remember, and I was so much more shy before. You've grown so much. <laughs> I, I, I know how shy you were. That's why when I see you now, I'm just like, it's not even you're a woman. It's like, because you're a woman now. Like, you're so much of a woman now. And I don't, I mean, it is a factor, but then it's not a factor. Like, you were younger. You were a girl. Like, even even when you were, like, a teenager or a young adult, you, you might have not felt like you were a woman. But I don't take away the fact that you're a woman now. I've taken into the fact that you've grown into... Your, 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 pers the perseverance of your determination of what you have to do. Like, you have a, you understand your purpose. That's what it is. Like, there's nothing shy about you anymore. Even if there is, I don't know this, but it's like, you're so def definite about what you want now. And that's when I heard about when you told me about the podcast. I was so proud of you. I was like, Thank this you. is the girl that didn't want to talk to anybody. And was just like, oh, no, just like, <laughs> put me in the corner. I'm in the back of the class. And now you have, like, you have so much confidence, which is great. Even the way, like, you being a personal trainer, I was like, I would have never thought you'd have been personal training people. And now mm -hmm. you're just like, you're, you're pulling, the, and I think what it is, is you were so shy that, you're taking that out of people now in the position that you're in. Like, you're so... And you were shy, but you was always kind of forward. Like, it I was just a matter... I don't get to hear about it this. It was a matter of time before you were just like, no, I'm me. I'm, I'm out, like... Like, it's so hard to explain it because I know you for so long. It's like, oh, damn, you know? That's like, crazy. You're probably still a little shy here and there, but it's now, like a, you're, now you're just like, you're you're beyond a woman. That's what it is now. Like, that's why I like, even we communicate different now that we're older. It's, it's not, and I tell people, it's not maturity. Like, yeah, we all mature, we're supposed to. That's natural. What you have now is beyond a natural presence. It's like, you, you've acquired the confidence, the, 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 the the ambition the you understand what it was to be shy and now you found a way to take that out of others thank you even with the podcast you put people it's like putting them on a the spot but it gives them a chance to, to understand and appreciate themselves from a different perspective like to understand like oh well 
like when they listen to it themselves, they're like, wow, you want to inspire yourself more and more. And that's what I tell myself every day. Like, how do you inspire yourself every day, Adrian? If you were to sit down and listen to yourself talk or do something, would you be inspired by it? And that's honestly what drives my day. Mm. Honestly. Besides myself. Mm. It's first. And it's like, all right, if I could take myself out of my body and watch myself work, would I be inspired? That's what every step I take has to do with it. I like that. You know, I've heard the thing like, I wish I, I'd never been kind of said, I, I've never, I hate the fact that I'd never be able to take myself out of myself to look at myself. <laughs> I was like, I hate that too. Like, I want to see what other people see. I want to be able to like, shoot. Wow. I'm never, like, watching on TV doesn't help towards nothing. You want to watch it in that present moment. Even in America, it's like, even when I'm in my moment, I want to be able to be in my moment and be like, wow. I remember taking your class, and I remember, like, it was like a 10.30 a.m. class. 10 a.m.? 10 a.m. 10.30 every morning, Monday and Wednesday. And I was, I think, I remember even one time, and that's, like, what the experience of dancing it's become that again. I remember there was a snow day and I was like, yes, I get to take Adrian's class because we would get in there and you were so just out of the box and energetic. And 10 a.m., rain, sleep, shine, snow. And excited. And, and I would like, tell them, never cancel my class in the morning. You had us like battling each other. You would tell side stories. We did like sit-ups and it was it so was, exciting. It was, it was, um... And you were like 20, I wanted, 22? I wanted to create a curriculum for hip hop mm. and make it get the recognition it did. I felt like it wasn't respected then, especially it's, you know, like Bally had his curriculum, Tap right. had his curriculum. I was like, I wanted people to understand there was a curriculum to it. There wasn't a format, but the curriculum was being agile, being fearless, being defined, being clean. So much fun. So, yeah, my class would be like, all right, today we're doing across the floor hip hop. Today we're doing a cypher. Today, like, there's no, there's no I can'ts. There's no such thing as I can't. So many You're learning to dance because you can't. I can't means you don't have any feet, no arms, you're paralyzed. That's I can't. Mm-hmm. But I bet you somebody that doesn't do that can do this. Yeah. Don't need arms to do this. Guess what? They're dancing. Their language is just different. Yeah. Yeah. There's no I can't. I want to acknowledge you for coming here oh, on a Thursday <laughs> for everything that it took after your negative four hours of sleep. And seriously, oh. you're um, one of the first people that I thought about when I started this podcast. So for me, this is huge to have you. And you seriously have inspired me for as long as I've known you. And you continue to do so, just seeing you and your path and your journey and who you are. Maybe when you don't even know that you're, I feel creepy, but like you're being watched and noticed. Uh, Yeah, so I just want to acknowledge you for that and how you show up, always put together and inspiring. It's crazy. Um, I like doing podcasts or I like like doing interviews because I like re-listening to them. Mm-hmm. For myself, it's almost like my own motivational speaker in the morning. I'm like my own Tony Robbins. We don't know a lot of the time, like what it is that we say. I I know I, I don't listen to it to be cocky, but I, I want to listen to it to be like 
cool, agent. So now, how do you grow from here to the next one that you do? It, it's a growth in it, you know. I, I like love most motivational speakers, and so you know. So dope. Um, I'm glad I was here. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Big hugs. We're giving hugs right now. Lots of hugs. <laughs> Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to our Dance Speak podcast. For inquiries, suggestions, comments on your favorite guests, or who you'd like to see on the show, please email us at dancespeakpodcast at gmail.com. That's D-A-N-C-E-S-P-E-A-K-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. And check back in next week for our latest interview. Thank you so much.